Good evening, Mendonesia. Welcome to the Renewable Energy Hour. I'm Doug Livingston, and hopefully properly with me here still is my co-host, Alex Aragon. Hey, Alex, how are you doing? Am I properly with you? I'm, I'm hoping you're still properly with me. You know, there's too many interconnections on this board. Too many oh, yeah. buttons to push, too many sliders to slide. I, I hear we have our phone lines working properly. This uh, We, we this do time. have our phone lines working. That was, you know, four hours after the end of our biggest pledge drive ever last time we had a show on. And one of the, the first of the three caller phone lines was half connected. Oh, yay to uh, KZYXZ listeners and their <laughs> pledging support. And yay to Rich for getting that fixed before I told him about it. He heard it. And he said, uh, okay. when I emailed him, he said, yep, I already got it. All right. Sorry about that. But anyhow, <coughs> what, what was our show last week? Our last show was was pretty deep in the technical two weeks speak. Ago. Uh, I think we probably glazed over some eyeballs talking about the NEMS uh, rules, the net metering uh, rules. New rules, net metering rules. Yes, and they're not uh, net metering rules anymore. Net metering. Net metering used to mean used to specifically imply that for every kilowatt hour you sent back onto the grid. You received a credit at the retail rate for that excess kilowatt hour, and those well, have maybe, come those well, have like come down a bit already. And now we're ready for our third rule change, where they're going to come down a lot if things happen the way the CPU is signaling. Yeah, put your and voice in on that. Put my voice down on that. Put your voice in on that. And Don't let that happen. Well, it's, uh, Get that activism happening. Well, uh, shoot. I mean, if you listen to that show or if you didn't listen to that show, let me remind you to, if you've got internet access, go to solarrights.org. They've got a bunch of links to how you can take action and explain what's going on. And uh, shoot, do you have the governor's number in front of you? I'll have it up in a minute. All right. Um, and, And we're imagining... People might want to talk about that topic. We've had a couple of shows with uh, minimal call-in time. We wanted to open up like we do periodically to pretty much be a listener call-in show. So if you yeah, the governor's telephone number. If you want to call the governor and tell them to uh, support Grid Tie Solar, um, yeah, don't don't let the CPU see do what they're about to do. That number is nine one six. Four four five two eight four one. That's nine one six four four five two eight four one. This is information that you can find on the Solar Rights Alliance website. Or solarrights.org. Solarrights.org. And and our number here in the studio is eight nine five two four four eight seven oh seven eight nine five two four four eight if you want to join the conversation at any time. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm a little, I'm a little nervous about how in the utility pockets, the CPU C still seems. Yeah, it's, uh, 
I've been getting some calls from people who are real nervous about uh, signing on a new contract for their solar. Yep. Uh, some people wanting to hurry up and get it in before the rules change. Mm-hmm. Some people are even worried about uh, putting in something in before the rules change. Uh, well, especially know. since they've left the uh, retroactive part completely uncommented on. Their original proposal in December basically retroactively affected everyone who'd been put in solar already and uh and shifted it to something like eight years um if you'd been in for eight years or more you were automatically on the new rules even though they'd been promised even though they'd been promised 20 years when they signed up on on the current rules so um, so and and that that's in terms of the uh, of the buyback price for excess solar, but they're also talking about taxing what they expect your solar system would have put out, and and right. it seems like an even more bizarre way than their first proposal. Now it was going to be a tax that would be collected by the utility with your bill, correct? Yeah, yeah. Well, it's not really a tax; it's a fee. It's a fee so to a fee to be able to, to be able to sell power back to the grid. You shall pay a a fee on each bill equal to what your system I mean equal to a certain charge per kilowatt hour of what your system should have generated and it, and it ends up so, being you know four to six hundred dollars a year for most residential systems yeah so a question I meant to ask our guest last week that I didn't get around to was uh, whether or not that was actually a tax or if that was going to be money that would go to PG&E Oh, they call it a tax. So, no, no, it's 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 money that would go to PG&E. It does not go to right. the government. Right. So that's that's even worse. That's more diabolical. That's <laughs> even worse than a tax that might help our public government. Yeah, for these 007 James Bond style supervillains around. Yeah, maybe we should point that out to them. Maybe tax isn't the right word. Yeah, no, definitely not appropriate. If it's not corporate. Going corporate ripoff might be a better word. <laughs> Wow, absolutely. <laughs> so I, I had a call from, I've had a couple calls from people uh, lately who've been wanting to set up solar systems and uh, with people who are who have grid power right now, they're wanting to set something up that they could actually go off grid with. And uh, that's it's expensive, but they're looking at it being that if I'm going to put solar on here and if they change the rules, you know, I don't want to have to pay any money, you know, pay a tax to PG&E. Um, they want to be able to be independent. And, uh, there, are a couple, there are a couple different ways to do that. Yeah. One is to go completely off-grid, which urbanites are starting to use the term differently than we've been using them for 30 years, 40 years. Um, and then there's a... You can also have it so that... You can have it so that you're basically operating as an off-grid system using the grid like you would a generator uh, just to supplement your existing solar or your solar that you put in or you could also make it so that you could uh, primarily use your solar uh, and make it so that you would switch over to use power from the grid uh, during only off-peak hours and such 
There, there's several different options now in the, the equipment. The solar inverters and such are uh, smart enough now that you can designate what times of day you will uh, you will be interconnected. You, different times of day you will sell power or different times of day. Uh, if you wanted, if you needed to, you can make it so you could operate off your generator directly instead of coming off the grid. You know, you, Basically, you're having options now. Mm-hmm. What they call load shedding. I've been amazed at looking at some of the recent inverters that control generator starts. That, yeah, you can program to do, you know, load shedding. You can program them to do this, that, and the other thing. All the things you just described. Yeah. And uh, it is expensive, but I, I want to compare it to the cost of a car. If you want to have a... Uh, a uh, system that you can have and be completely off-grid or uh, you know independent of your utility yet still connected <laughs> is that such a thing uh, you know it's like buying a new car well you know there's, there's a whole range of cars but you know from like about thirty thousand dollar twenty five thousand dollars up to you know sky's the limit but basically I could, I could set up a really really nice powerful system for about sixty five thousand dollars or so that you I, I could live forever on a system uh, for, for, that would cost about thirty thousand dollars. Yeah. Um, and I know some uh, I've, I've been living fifteen years off of a twenty-five thousand dollars system without <laughs> much without much hassle. Not not much uh, bailing wire and shoestring. And no, no. I mean, some significant battery replacements over the years, but yeah. Well, uh, that's the nice thing about these new batteries is we're getting to go longer and longer. Now, I, I know that you're uh, still a little sour on the idea of grid, grid people using batteries. Um, no, don't. Like, I'm, I'm opening up more and more every week. Okay, um, well, I mean, if you have the money, I guess what concerns me is is the people who don't have the money who would have bought that fancy car. That Tesla or what have you. Um, That's fancier than what I'm looking at, but yeah. Um, well, it depends on which model. Uh, <laughs> he he at least has some reasonable price ones now. But uh, I don't know. I, I, I just want people to realize that, you know, they're paying almost as much in battery replacements long term, even with the new technology batteries at current prices with you know, expected cycling to be able to do fancy things like offsetting their most expensive peak hours. Yeah. Um, when it's used in backup and it's a very small system and has a generator backup, I'm I'm not nearly as worried about it. I'm actually more excited about lith- the lithium ion in lots of applications off the grid where you don't have any choice. You have to have batteries. Oh, yeah, well, there of course makes most sense, but now we're looking at uh, doing backup systems and doing utility, you know. <laughs> well, to get and certainly, if you're going to unplug, you consider them. Yeah, well, if, once we have batteries in a system, you know, with a grid, I, to me, you might as well use them if you're going to be using your lithium batteries. Uh, because we're looking at batteries are coming with, like I was saying before, uh, you know, cycle life of 6,000 cycles. Um, a lot of times that's going to be like, if you, if you look up uh, the spec sheets on a particular type of battery, somewhere on those spec sheets it should tell you 
how many cycles, how long that battery is supposed to last. And they'll usually tell you how many cycles you can get out of battery. Mm -hmm. uh, and from one that's been out there for 150 years, I believe it, and one that's been out there for two years, I'm not so sure. Well, when we're looking at them, it depends on the chemistry a lot of the times. Uh, like lithium iron phosphate, LFP battery, that's my favorite. Um, they're Mine too of the lithium. What's that? I said mine too of the lithium. That's my favorite chemistry. Lithium iron phosphate, right. not the Tesla cobalt. Yeah. Now we're seeing some of them as low as 3,000 cycles at 100%. Uh, I see some that are listing 8,000 cycles to 80%, uh, 6,000 cycles at 100%. And there's all these different numbers that are a little little off. But if you look at those cycles, um, like it, take, take for instance, a battery lists 6,000 cycles at 100%. Okay, so a properly designed system, even if you're using off-grid, even if you're you know, really cycling these batteries, making use of them, you're most likely, hopefully with your design, you're only going to be using about 50% of the capacity per day on a cycle. And you want to design with a little bit of extra headroom so that, you know, if the sun, if the, you know, you get a little bit longer before the, before you have to kick on your generator. So a 50% cycle daily with a battery that can do 6,100% cycles. 50% each day, that becomes 12,000 cycles. 12,000 cycles divided by 165 days a year becomes 32 years. So we're looking at some longevity on these batteries. I mean, there's probably going to be you know other, other wear and tear and other aging in the batteries that might not make them last 32 years, but we're talking a significant length of time. Um, you know, it's, yeah, you're talking about at least 20 years using them that way. Yeah. It's going to last longer than that car I'm not investing I mean, most likely. You know, I mean, some people get cars to last 20, 30 years, but not but, me. But how much did that battery bank cost? Well, I was looking at one, and, uh, you know, you can get... I was looking at one system. Uh, for a system that has about 6.6 .6 kilowatts of solar on it and 18.5 uh, kilowatts of uh, battery. Kilowatt uh, hours. Kilowatt hours of battery. Thank you, Doug. Uh, Physics geek. At, yeah, exactly. We're looking at about uh, f about like four dollars and thirty cents per watt of the PV of the solar. Uh, we're looking about a dollar fifty to dollar sixty per kilowatt hour of storage. Uh, that translates to a really good usable system that's going to cost about. Uh, about thirty-eight thousand uh, dollars. Subtract your twenty-six percent uh, tax credit. So about it, it, if you get it in this year, yeah. So that could become a about a twenty-eight thousand dollars system. A little less than uh, thirty thousand dollars, and uh, you know that's that's going to be something like I said. I could live on. Uh, no. I wouldn't be able to charge an electric vehicle from that particular one no. so much. I'm, I'm constantly bombarded by ads that you can get your battery-based system for free. Uh, yeah, that's, that's true. Some of the... Uh, what, what are the incentive programs for that? It, it, but there's an incentive program that's out there, but does anyone actually ever get any money from it? Uh, Jason, my partner, and I have actually hooked up a few people with those. Uh, not recently. Um, it's, been, they, it's been a couple in several years of the existence of this program. Yeah, well, uh, I think we did like 
four or five of them. I don't know. I'd have yeah. to get Jason online. He does all the papers for me. <laughs> yeah. Somebody else is doing the paperwork and the red tape. But my impression is that most people do not qualify or get the programs that are going on right now. Yeah, well, they seem to have done as they made it so that it's only lower income people are eligible for it and lower income people aren't aren't able to make such an investment on the rest of their infrastructure yeah, right. i mean even if the batteries are you know paid for the rest of the system still winds up being a little more, more expensive so more than they can deal yeah um, yeah if they could get ahead just a little bit you know for the cost of a used car maybe you could put in a pretty good system like that but it just doesn't seem to happen as, as often as it would be good so, uh, listeners, this is the Renewable Energy Hour. I'm Doug Livingston with Alex Argon, standard co-host on this show. Uh, standard. Standard. Every now and then we have somebody weird co-host, but uh, or or a solo show by one of us, um, which might be next show. Yes. At, but at any rate, we've been talking about the particular topics we have, you know, in in urgent nervousness about a rule change in California that most people in the industry say will absolutely kill rooftop solar. It was the show we had last week. You could go online at jukebox.kzwax.org or go to kzwax.org and click on Jukebox up on the top bar and find uh, the Renewable Energy show from two weeks ago. And yeah. listen to that. Uh SolarRights.org. You could probably find most of the stuff we talked about on their website. And that was it. Was the CEO, the executive director of that organization that we had on, and uh, mostly we've been we've been hoping that people were all fired up about this, and we're all calling the governor and going to call in to make comments to the CPUC because that seemed to help when they. Pulled a similar thing in December. What did you say, Alex? I called twice. You called call. twice? Cool. Call from a different number with a different name. There you go. <laughs> Disguise your voice. <laughs> They're counting. They're counting. Actually, they may be counting how many times the same person calls three times, too. Um, but anyhow, uh, we also announced early on on the show that this was a listener call-in show, and we have not received a single call. So I'm thinking we need to toss that out there to people again. 895-2448-707-895-2448. Um, to, to ask your question, make your comment, put your opinion out there. Uh, and it doesn't have to be about the stuff we were talking about. Anything renewable energy. Uh, a cool product you saw. Uh, uh, a troubleshooting question. What have you. And we got calls already. Hello, caller. You're live on the air. Are you there, caller? Oops. Did I not turn? I didn't turn the phone button on. Sorry about that. Can you hear me now? Yep. I called the governor's office, and the message box was full. I couldn't leave a message. Uh, what time did you call him? Oh, I don't remember, but I'm going to try again and again. Yeah, make sure it's after 9 in the morning, and be persistent, because they warned on solarrights.org that that his um, message system is glitchy. Yeah. So, try again. Oh, I sure will. And the other, I have a question. Uh, 
what do you think is the likelihood that there's going to be regulation that would hamper my effort to build an off-grid system and remain connected to the grid for certain things? Well, so far, the rules are not hinting at messing with that. I guess when it becomes popular, that's when they'll do it. Yeah, perhaps. Um, if they think... Well, right now they're wanting to tax you for, you know, offsetting your own power consumption. And that's what I'm going to do. Yeah, but you're going to do it in a way that's outside of the way they proposed the rules. You're they their 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 legal catch is the ability for you to sell power back onto their grid. That's definitely entering their domain. And in that context, they have some influence. But once you don't try to send power into their domain, so far, none of the rules are looking at messing with that. Okay, thanks for that clarification. Sure enough. I really enjoy your show. <laughs> Thank you. Bye-bye. 895-2448. Yeah, I, I wonder how many people are going to unplug from the grid if this goes through the way they're looking at it. Yeah, it really could make it so that uh, off-grid systems are, you know, that type of technology is the way to go and just use the utility like a generator, um, like a backup generator. Mm -hmm. Yep, yep. So I guess uh, that was something that could use some clarification. I was talking about going completely off-grid, where you completely disconnected from the utility. You had no utility bill anymore. You told them, you know, cut that wire. And you lived like, you know, the standard out in the boondocks off-grid person in Mendocino County who has no utility line to their house. And the other possibility is to stay connected to the grid, but never try to send power back onto the grid, what we call utility interactive legally. Um, and just, uh, you can program your system to to allow your house to run off of the grid when the batteries are low and and run off of your batteries and your solar when they're doing good. And yeah. You'd still have an electric bill, but you wouldn't have the solar tax they're proposing or ever be selling power. Uh, what's the efficiency of a lithium-ion battery? Uh, the battery itself is supposed to be like like 98%. Yeah, that's, that's what I was going to say. Uh, do you know their current proposal on the sellback price versus the retail price? No, I have no idea. 20%. Oh, how about that? <laughs> <laughs> so we, actually, uh, we used to have a 100% efficient battery in the utility when it really was net metering. And now they're stretching the term net metering to not mean <laughs> net. Um, yet. Yet. Yes, it means yet. No. So, something else uh, that I was going over, I mentioned this before on a previous show, but uh, some people who are way out in the boondocks but still have utility power have a uh, system where they have a step down or step up and a step down transformer in their system, their utility. And that it basically makes the if the meter is down by the road, and then you have to send power on your end all the way up to the house. Uh, you know, it's a long ways. In order to save wire size, uh, a lot of times 
I use transformers that will boost the power up to a higher voltage. Then when it gets up to the house, we'll bring it back down to a lower voltage. Well, putting two transformers into a system like that creates a huge phantom loss. Constantly using Phant- power. Phantom loss, yes. Explain that. Phantom loss. Basically, these things are buzzing and making heat. These transformers, the 20, power... 24-7. Whether, yeah, whether or not there's power flowing through them, they're consuming power. Uh, with two large transformers, you can easily be consuming like 1,500 watts, sometimes more, every hour, like constantly. Uh, which, you know, can be, a, what is that? That's like around 30 kilowatt hours per day. Just having your uh, transformers, just having the ability to turn on a light. Uh, at the house. Um, now, with these battery systems uh, that we're talking about here, you can actually set up your battery power system, give you backup power, have your solar system be your primary source of energy, and you can use the utility grid with a limit on how much power it can draw through that circuit. So you don't need to have the transformers anymore. You can actually use the same wires. Disconnect your transformers and use, as long as you're using a quarter of the energy that those transformers are set up to be able to, uh, were set up to be able to carry, you could eliminate them and get rid of that 30 kilowatt hours a day of uh, utility power. And just that alone could be an offset. Could be huge. Just over, over, you know, some scalable number of years. Yeah. So well, and even and even, even if transformer step down system. Even if you're somebody who's not that big and would only require, you know, the 10 kilowatt transformer or the 10 kilowatt hour a day consuming transformer. Uh, yeah. It it could oh. it could be worth it because that's a lot of power. That's yeah, but that number though is one one quarter of the energy that it's designed for. If you eliminate those transformers, you can still deliver one quarter of the power, and that could be a trickle charge line or a significant amount of power still to be able to charge batteries with. Yeah, so whenever the batteries are low, the system automatically opens up the window up to a limited point to draw power from the grid to recharge the batteries. It also makes it so that if you are going to build a house off-grid somewhere and you talk to the utility and start looking at the cost of sending that wire, you could use uh, we could use one quarter of the wire size <laughs> that you were originally ha- you know, planning to do and the cost of copper. And- so what would you say? I want a 50-amp service? I mean, you could have whatever the smallest service the utility will give you. Uh, uh, that the they utility- don't generally give you a smaller than 100-amp service, do they? No, but that's that's their size right there. But then once it leaves your meter, you can have it go up to your up to your site uh, with as little as 15 amps of current. Uh, and you can program inverters to draw no more than 15 amps of current to charge batteries with. But, uh, but you would own so, those lines. Well, you would own those lines. But yeah, you're talking about one quarter of the cost of you know multi thousands of dollars depends depends on the distance the wire goes yeah. I mean, it can be oh, as shoot cool I've, I've had a client with an eight million dollar estimate from pg&e to get power <laughs> to his property <laughs> wow they must have been way out there he was he was three locked gates and an hour and a half drive up a dirt road to the foot of mount sanhedrin Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a little, that's that's longer than what I was picturing. I was, I was picturing regular utility uh, 
tower down like on somebody's property, maybe a quarter mile of the, yeah. Yeah. the distance. So. Well, we were only we were only about a mile, and without a formal estimate, they guessed three hundred ninety thousand dollars because of the challenges. Wow. Actually, they huh. said they said if we'd give them. Uh, legal right away on the deed to be to have egress to go to all the people above us on the road uh, they'd give it to us for free wow and we considered that but nobody up the road really wanted it so we said okay never mind never mind it's always something I'm sorry I'm drifting into mid-70s Saturday Night Live <laughs> the never mind oh I, w- I wasn't watching it back then <laughs> Rosanna 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 Dana yeah I wasn't allowed to stay up that late <laughs> I was I was just barely allowed to stay up that late on Friday night or Saturday night excuse me um, at that age but Anyhow, uh, we are officially open lines. We haven't announced that very often. We've been talking fully, but if you've got a comment, question, it could be about what we've talking about or maybe something tangentially related to renewable energy in some other way. 895-2448, 707-895-2448. And otherwise, you're going to have to listen to Alex and I talk geek on the Geek Hour at KZYX. You know why this is the Geek Hour, Alex? Yes, because Point and Click's on the other end of it. <laughs> point and Click alternates with us. The two geekiest shows on KZYX. Oh my God. No calls for 20 minutes and now there's all of the lines are full. Hello, caller. You're live on the air. Yeah, uh, good evening. Um, you know, a few weeks ago, several weeks ago, you guys had a guest on he was talking about some kind of uh oh, gravity storage oh battery. yeah the big the big giant stone piston hydraulic storage system right right and uh that got me actually thinking about something that i forget where i i uh, ran across this but it was about uh the a molten salt kind of reservoir that would they would then run like what a heat exchanger for for a steam turbine or something exactly all right and uh you know i only uh you know looked at it real cursorily and so i was uh curious whether you guys could talk about the actual potential because it actually kind of to me it seems to kind of make sense well Uh, how are you heating the salt well, this is, uh, you know, they have the reflectors. Uh, so so solar thermal collectors are heating the salt. Um, exactly. Um, exactly. And that's and, supposedly... And, and you're talking uh, underground, big, huge reservoirs underground? Or are you talking... Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, well, this it, is clearly something that would be di- a distributive uh, system, well, but it's they the they do use that, that technology actively today, and it's actually reasonably cost effective. Um, uh, but it's usually not big reservoirs underground; it's usually a big tank on a tower. 
Well, I, my understanding was that those that uh, like to, let's say the big ball on top of the tower is uh, is a closed system with uh, some kind of oil or. Uh, other other kind of fluid that then goes it, down into the reservoir and to heat and up the reservoir. Oh, so reservoirs. it's circulated to the reservoir. Um, exactly. But, and this reservoir can can actually generate steam for you know a week or something like oh, that. Oh, that would know, be that would be a much bigger reservoir than any of the ones that have gone in so far. Uh, most of the ones that have gone in so far can go overnight, which is really the key, the key first step. But a week would be awesome. Um, I'm not aware of any plant that's done that yet. It's certainly theoretically doable, but you need a much bigger field of of mirrors. Yeah, uh, yeah, it, yeah, to, to generate that together. if it's using on the same scale as it's storing. Yeah, and it's just, you know, I mean, look, salt isn't uh, the most wonderful thing for the environment, but at least it's contained, it's renewable. Mm -hmm. and, well, and, and, and there are all kinds of different I'm, salts. Uh, uh, some of them are simply just uh, a real high-temperature hydraulic oil. Some of them are phase-change salts, uh, which store the most in the smallest mass and volume, but they're also not as stable and a little more expensive. Um their, number, yeah. their, num then, their numbers are amazing. Well, and then the other thing you might uh, uh, be able to address, and I can take this off the air, is, I again, this is one of these things, I just kind of, uh, I ran across something, and um, I never realized that metallic salts are hugely highly reactive. And yeah. isn't there some way that the the reaction could be controlled to generate you know instead of discharging immediately like a big chemical reaction would do that the it, the it could be mediated after some fashion well, sodium metal and water <laughs> uh, no i think most of the ones that are involving salts in the systems you're talking about there's not actually a chemical reaction going on it's a fa no, no, it's a fa it's salt. a phase change reaction going from molten to solid, uh, right, and solid right. to but molten, and but and what I'm thinking to is specifically the the metal salts, and they're they're highly highly reactive to uh, you know to air to oxygen. Yeah, it's uh, stainless, but, stainless but steel it, tanks, baby. It discharges baby. all at once. It discharges all at once, which makes it no good as storage device no what do you but mean it discharges all at once like if you expose a, a metal salt to oxygen it'll blow up and we're not doing that in those systems no but it's again, just heat exchange you're missing my point here you're missing my point I'm talking oh about it's dangerous thing. It, it would be hugely dangerous with the metal salts but someone's got to be able to come up with a way to mediate that yeah um, yeah, that was one of the right. things I really liked about the the gravity storage piston idea is that it's low tech. It's low it, technology. It's pretty low tech, and there's nothing that's gonna get out of control if everything turns off all of a sudden. Yeah, when you have or they spring yeah. a leak. When you have phase shift. Yeah, I mean, I love the idea, but I mean, imagine the infrastructure costs 
that's going to go into creating. I mean, what was he talking about? Well, imagine imagine the infrastructure cost of what you were just talking about. Uh, uh, you know, or 20 acres of computer programmed tracking mirrors to keep the sun focused on the heat exchanger that's heating up this underground glop. Yeah, well, like I say, that's, uh, is, is, I'm just curious that, um, the you know, any of these things are going to be big infrastructure, but I can't imagine well, the, that a huge, a huge uh, pool of salt is going to be more expensive than... You know, running a uh, running what he's got wires that are well. Uh, no, we're not just talking about the huge pool of salt. You're talking about you know acres and acres and acres and acres and acres of computer tracked mirrors that have to be cleaned yeah, every other anyway. day. Those exist anyway, right? Spain's got them. Yeah, They're all people over people have Africa. done them, but they're a significant expense, and the comparable expense for for uh, then now. His system isn't generating any energy or is not, you know, receiving any energy except what somebody else has already sent into the system. So you can't give him credit for that. The systems you're talking about with all those mirrors, are, you know, are actually putting in energy. His system was just storing it. But his objective was that we need to put in more solar than we need. And when it's putting out more than we're consuming, we have a place to store it at a reasonable long-term expense per kilowatt hour so that it can come back online when the solar is not meeting demand. Right, but where is that electricity coming from? Solar. Is it coming from That's gas, what I'm saying. We, no, we, we need it to come from solar. Yeah, exactly. I mean, we're we're hitting the whole reason they're they're talking about limits on how much solar can go in is because the grid doesn't have anywhere to put it when there's too much, right. and so if we have a place that it can be stored cost effectively, we take the limit off how much solar we can put in on the grid. Oh yeah, I mean, and it's so any of these any of these uh, you know. Things are good, but I'm just uh, real curious about, I mean, someone would have to have penciled these out and said it's going to cost X amount. Because this, this, uh, this business of the, uh, of the uh, um, let's call it the well. The, um, the, the, the giant piston? Right. That, that still has to be brought back up into position, right, in order for it to... Well, it, um, descend. Yeah, no, it right. does. It does that with That's the same the 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 the, gen, the the turbine, which generates power is when it's sinking, is also right. a pump. It just goes backwards, and pumps uh -huh. when there's excess power available. It draws electricity from the grid, and pumps the water to underneath the giant stone piston and lifts it back up. So when there's, ex yeah. when there's excess power, when people were having to turn off their solar arrays, which is happening right now, 
Oh, I know. And and the wind turbines, uh, they're turning those things off. Uh, they won't be, be, buy from the wind turbine be, Because there's nobody buying the power that second. That's the problem. Yeah. We, yeah. we need to be able to yeah. sink it somewhere at a reasonable expense and draw it back when the renewable energy is not up to the task. Yeah. Well, and, and then I, I guess my and, last comment would be that... Uh, uh, you know, uh, people people are going to need to change uh, the way. The, uh, you can't leave your everything plugged. Oops, you're breaking uh, up. But yeah, people people need to conserve. Yeah, I saw an interesting study uh, this morning that suggested twenty five to thirty five percent of our uh, of our greenhouse gas emissions could be affected by choices made in the home. Oh yeah, 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 absolutely. I'm I'm a guy who lives off a couple of solar panels and batteries out in the woods. Yeah, and I have a radio and a light, and I can charge my phone. No, no, uh, no, sure. no power jet jacuzzi electrically heated. <laughs> yeah, no, I got a I got a water hose. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so anyway, guys, I, I really love. I really the show it's a uh, real nice mind expanding uh and uh you know i and uh, even though i'm not on a grid i've encouraged a couple of my friends who do have energized systems to call the governor cool. and call this other guy because uh, uh you're about to get screwed hey thanks for the call Oop. i think he disappeared uh Hello? do i have another caller Hello. Hello. Do you hear me? I do. Yeah, thank you. You're on the air. Yeah. Great, great program. You're um, you're very quiet. I'm guessing oh, this, is, a, this is a person right. from yeah. Willits. Thanks for pushing the buttons there. <laughs> um, well, hello to uh, you. I was just, I want to start off with one thing, but i got to start with something a little bit more important. I had a, uh, a candy bar and a foil wrapper with cashews in it, a little chocolate thing. And it was an uninsulated building, and I came in, and there was uh, it. It had actually turned into warm fudge, melted liquid yeah. chocolate. Well, solar powered though. I mean, it was sort of the uh, you know the <laughs> yes. silver lining of this hot building here that I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> There's curses with solar power too. Hey, you know, speaking of which, uh, the the uh, fortunate people who have grid tied systems, if they try to use and store the energy that they had while the sun does shine, such as in hot water, then that would be one way of not selling it back at a loss to the utility grid. Huh, Alex, are, are there... The, the inverters programmings are getting awfully sophisticated where they can turn on and turn down and turn up various different loads depending on various programmed circumstances. Are are yeah, they well, capable of hyper-boosting the, the temperature of the electric water heater circuit when there's excess power? Well, there's definitely uh, controls available, so you could come up with any uh, kind of other controls, you know, like the inverter itself can be a trigger for those. Uh, a lot of inverters actually have entire uh, circuits, like a, a you know, like a 20 amp, uh, 240 volt circuit that could be switched automatically by the inverter settings. 
Uh, you could also use that as a signal to uh, fire other electronics if you want to. Um, there, there's lots of options for uh, for auxiliary relay type controls. Well, uh, pretty soon there's going to be Wi-Fi in every major appliance and standardized software yeah, protocol. But, and uh, but the point does remain is that while the sun is shining, is that uh, we we could be storing this hot water through technology into something more than our little electric water tank that the code calls for. It needs to be big. Uh, multiples of those. I think the, the small water tanks were, were back when there was some, there was something called peak power during summer air conditioning. Yeah. They didn't want to heat a whole bunch of But anyway, that, that entire thing needs to be rethought. Into a bigger top, scale. From the top up and from the bottom down. Yeah. Simple answer is that with a solar converter, I could do that today with a with a water, with a normal electric hot water heater. Is the uh, solar arc could. The solar yeah, arc has, has the capability. I I, I specify, specified my first solar arc this week. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it's a great what what a great and somehow very simple technology, a very simple non chemical means of storage. So it just it it, it really uh, I hope that really really comes to light in the near future but you don't even need necessarily a solar uh my father-in-law has a 800 gallon stainless steel oh. hot, hot wa- insulated hot water tank oh. and uh that gets yeah. that gets heated by a boiler a wood boiler in the winter time and that's what yeah. does is domestic hot water and his space heating yeah uh well you know, you know i love and, firewood and 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 uh <laughs> He has a solar thermal collector that covers the domestic hot water all summer when he doesn't need the space heating. And in fact, the two talk to each other, so one can yeah, overflow he, into the other. Well, uh, he'd be a great guest. <laughs> he, he's been a, a frequent caller. Okay. Well, make sure you ID or he IDs himself. All call. right. I often identify him as my father-in-law. Hey, thanks for the call, David. Good night. Mm. Oop. The person who just called in seems to have been cut off when I clicked on David's button. Uh, probably a different caller, but hello, caller. You're live on the air. Are you there? Hello. Are you seven seconds out of sync? Maybe I'm just hearing Alex's mic noises. We'll take a different color. Hello, caller. You live on the air? Yes. Hello. <clears throat> I'm quite the novice on this thing, but uh, I have. Uh, <clears throat> I'm quite the recycler. On the other hand, I have uh, picked up over the years. 15 Kyocera KC200GT, 35-volt uh, panels, and 6 Sharp NUU235FIs. Ooh, um, 235s. Alex, do you know those? Because the first ones were definitely 60 cells. Are th- with inverters. Yeah, the, they're 65 inches by 39 inches. So they're a little bit bigger than the uh, Kyocera's. Do they have the same number of cells? Oh well, I could go to go count them. Well, you you <laughs> said you said the first ones were thirty four volts. Do you know what the second ones were? 
I, you know, I, I've never tested them. They were taken off of a oh, roof and sent no, to Cisco. They'll, they'll put out whatever voltage they're asked to put out. Um, count the cells is a better measure of their voltage. Um, oh, okay. But uh, be careful because if those are 72 and the first ones are 60, they may not mix nicely. Okay. Well, they were they were hooked in with an inverter to a 15 amp circuit uh, into his house, and he oh, pulled oh, them both, off. Both sets of panels were working together already. No, no, no the sharps. The sharps I I I got from my uh, old boss about five years ago, and he was putting a new roof on, and they didn't want to. And we're going to charge him another 3000 bucks to do the panels back and forth. And he said, no, 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 just put the roof on. So he gave them to me. But um, those are the Sharps. There are six of them. And the Kyoceras, and this is quite something to, to look out for for people who are going to the dump. I got just them recently at the dump for free because somebody was, I guess, going up higher as far as a newer... Yeah, well, and they're yeah. They converted to a new system, and it was too much of a hassle. And the panels had dropped in price by eighty percent, and they said, "Screw it." Yeah, right, and That's I got them for free just for picking them up. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> used to happen. Which was great. Used to happen with solar hot water heaters. Yes. Well, I'm working on that part part too. So my question is: um, so I'm I'm low income. So uh, this. Uh, this state-sponsored uh, program for uh, batteries, I could probably fit into that because I already have the panels, and my income is low enough that uh, maybe I could get the panel, uh, get the batteries. Now, um, my question is: You said about a year that this might be going on, or it might be might be over this year or something on that? Oh no, we were talking about the uh, federal tax credit for solar, not batteries. And, oh, I see. And that's dropping down at the end of this year. It still exists, but it's not as good. The program we were talking about is called SGIP. S-G-I-P. S-G-I-P is the battery one. S-G-I-P, batteries. Is that federal? S-G as in George. S-G, got it. No, not T. G. G. George. Yes. I got it. S-G. India... Uh, what's P? I can't remember. S T I P. Self generated. I have Got no it. idea. Got Never it. mind. Self generated incentive program. A self generated incentive program. All right. But that okay. uh, that's specifically a, a, a rebate for battery based systems. And my general impression is it's really hard to get. Okay. So that that isn't the one with the low income. I think I think that may be one of the reasons why it's really hard to get, and it may be easier oh. to get for you. Yeah. Yes. Well, because I have the panels already, I guess. Now, um, I the so you may think now if I don't have the same amount of uh, modules in my panels, that then they might be too hard to run together. The six it, sharps. It's possible. Count, count, count the cells. If they're both 60 cells, okay. then you're fine mixing them. Okay, 60 cells. All right. I'm, I'm worried, I'm worried the sharps are, are 72 cells. 
In, okay. which, in which case, that makes it a hassle to mix them. All right. All right. Now, what? Uh, let me see. What was my other question? <laughs> Pardon me. I'm I'm a little long of the tooth here, old fart that uh, is trying to live we, without supporting the bullshit. So, <laughs> beep. Let's. Oh, yep, yep. Hey, I got to take another call. Good. Thank you. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was my excuse for not realizing we had just broken FCC rules. Yes. How did you do that? Uh, we didn't. Our caller just used uh, the bull-ass oh. word. Hey, real quick before we start this one, uh, I want to put out that uh, website for the Gravity Piston again. Uh, oh, yeah, do it. Gravitypower.net. Gravitypower.net. That was the big, giant, stone cylinder hydraulic storage system that we were talking about. They have a great diagram that's operating and showing you how it works, so please check that one out. Okay. Hey, patient caller. What's up? Yeah. Actually, you hung up with me three times tonight. I hung up on you? Weeks to get through to you guys. How did I I hang up on you? You you got through and you were... Yeah. Oh, if I put you on hold, you'll hear me. Where and you don't I put it over three people. Do you want? Okay, let me, can we start? Sure. Okay, so I'm not into any big power thing. I'm calling about a battery problem for a, a CPAC, and I have a battery that was gifted me by PG&E. It's Delta. I'm sitting here trying to read it for you, but um, my my problem is that. I don't know how to use it properly, and when um, um, North Coast Energy brought it to me, they were pretty straightforward, but it didn't work out the way they said it would, and I'm wondering if you could help me with it. Um, wow. Uh, what's, what's not working out? Well, it's, it's, it's supposed to be, you know, for emergencies, and so um, you charge it up and... and only have to check it now and then to see if it's lost charge. Um, what I found out is when I plugged it in, it would lose charge every 24 hours, and it would recharge itself and oh, wow. recharge and recharge itself, and just a tiny bit, you know, but maybe five minutes, ten minutes. Oh, okay. So that's, so, that's no, there, there is there is an internal loss inside of all batteries that they self discharge, so just five minutes a day doesn't surprise me too much. Well, um, when I talk to um, people up there, they say, well, I've had mine for three months. I just check it, and it's down one point. So, but in any case, so I thought, well, I'll keep it plugged into the wall, and I will just plug in my, a little extension cord that I can attach to one light bulb and maybe a phone charger for when I lose power, because in the winter I lose power often. And um, so I've been doing that. Um, and what I discovered is that it, it would run the light and the, the phone for about two hours, and then it would charge for 20 minutes. And, and then it seems that it's full. They're off the next day, and it's charging again um, for about 10, 10 minutes. Even, so it, even it, if it, you didn't use the lights? Well, it goes down to about 74 on it, and it's usually up at 99. Um and, and then it just seems to not work at all. So I didn't know if maybe I had, you know, destroyed some internal mechanism 
by just keeping it plugged in or by making small draws on it? Is, is, is there a way to set it or reset it? I guess it's I mean, possible you could have drawn too big of a load from it because I'm sure it's limited. It's probably made to only power what, it, what a large CPAP would draw. Oh, it's and got everything from our charger. It's got four or five different ports on it. It's a it's a deal. Huh. Um, yeah, and um, well, and I'm we're, not we're we're about to run out of time. Would you do you have access to internet? Can you email? No. Um, I could email. Yes, but we, you have a lot of. I'm I'm happy to talk with you about this off the air. Oh, great! Do you have a Thank pencil? You. I do. Livingston Consulting. L I V I L I V I N G I. Wait a minute. L I V I N G S T O N C O N S U L T I N G at Hughes H U G H E S dot net. Because we get we gotta go. We're at the top of the hour. I'll try. Thank you. All right. Good night. I'm sorry for the callers calling. Hey, thanks for uh, joining me, Alex, and we'll be back in two weeks. Good night. Good night. This has been a production of KZYX Philo 90.7 FM, KZYZ Willetson Zukaya 91.5 FM, and Fort Bragg at 88.1 FM, Mendocino County Public Broadcasting. You can check out our website at kzyx.org to find more content like this and consider donating by clicking the red donate button in the upper right corner. Thanks for listening.